0: Welcome to TruePrint for Life podcast. We're so excited today to be here. This is your co-host, Maidin Sambois.
1: And I'm your host, Christina Vera. Welcome back to another episode of TruePrint for Life. We're really, really excited to have our next guest speaker. As you know, we really are excited to bring in women, especially women entrepreneurs, women leaders, women who are just making moves in the world. And today we have a special guest that is joining us. Uh, Miss Jessica Bennett, who is a mother, uh, a mother of twins, actually, She has four <laughs> kids with twins, uh, an author, she's an educator. Um, I mean, there's so many incredible things that you'll get to learn more about Jessica here today. So Jessica, welcome to
2: True Print for Life. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to be able to sit at this table with you two wonderful ladies. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Well, we feel the same about you and we're really excited. Like Mylene, actually. (laughs) So Jessica is also my sister. Yes. um, Which, you know,
2: (laughs) unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately. (laughs) If you have siblings, you're always like, yeah, this is my sister. But I say you know. It's funny, is that you know, my sister is like this major player in the educational realm. Like, she's an educator. She holds like several different degrees. Like, several. She, I mean, she has a few <laughs> master's degrees. She's going to be working on a PhD soon, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm still going to call you Doctor. Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm get excited. prepared. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, but when we were kids, you know how you always just, you know, um, whether siblings or cousins or friends, you always kind of knew like what industry that they were going to go into early on and i always knew that jessica was going to be an educator (laughs) or Mm -hmm. a story writer which was crazy because when we were younger i used to ask jessica to read me bedtime like she would come up with stories Mm -hmm. and that's how we would go to sleep because we shared a bedroom Mm -hmm. so we had these bunk beds and mm-hmm. I remember being in bed, and I would be like Jessica, can you please tell me a story? You're like oh, and here we was go like, again. Oh, yeah. And she's like, what story do you want? And I was like, can you read me Hansel and, Hansel and that Gretel? That was her favorite. Was my favorite <laughs> story, and Jessica always told it so good. So Jessica, I have to say, I knew you were either going to always be an educator or a storyteller, and you're actually both now. Yes. So. <laughs> What about, like, what stood out to you? Like, what made you want to be, like,
2: in education? You know, I think when I came out the womb, I came out with a ruler and a piece of chalk because I think I was just always destined to be a teacher. I found myself as a kid being that one child who lined up all their teddy bears and had school and made my siblings constantly play school. They were never allowed to be the teacher. It was always me. Um, so I just always found that role where I just, I love to... um Teach. I always love to have that creativity. Um and even at age I think twelve, I started my own girls' club in the neighborhood and had all the girls come into our house and I was teaching them how to be a lady. I didn't even know how to be a lady myself, but here <laughs> I am like putting books on their heads and I'm like, this is how you walk. And I'm like asking my mom, like, how do you how do you act like a lady that could teach these kids? So I always found myself in these positions where I always was kind of leading um in some way or form. Um and then reading the stories when we were younger was always one of my favorite things as a kid. Uh, I remember when I would read to her or my brother would come in, it'd be dark and I see that door open. And I see the light coming. I hear Jimmy like creeping in and he's like, can you read me a story? So he'd climb in the bed with us and I'd I'd read the story to all of us. And so that was just one of those things that I just really enjoy doing. And I still love reading to this day.
0: Yes, I yeah. saw your YouTube where you were reading the book. I said, wow, she! Like, <laughs> I love this. I would have loved that. I didn't have that growing up. So I feel like that would be really nice. I can read to you anytime. (laughs) I mean, I was hoping that you would invite me in. (laughs) Anytime, you come on over. (laughs) I I can see you like in the Calm app with like reading a night story. They have like those sleep um, people reading stories. I could
2: definitely see you in there too, because you have that voice. I'm like, yes.
0: (laughs) Thanks. So you were cultivating this gift
2: early on. I think so. Yeah, I think I was was preparing myself without even realizing it, that I was going to be in this role one day. Um, I think back... I always envisioned myself after college, after high school, going off to college and becoming a teacher. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I I found out I was going to uh, have a son and I was going to be a mom. So college was kind of pushed on the back burner. I felt like my dream was pretty much over. Um, I was going to be a mom. I was 18 and not just a mom, but a single mom at that. So um, I worked in a daycare for a few years and took my son with me. And that was my classroom. And I didn't think that I could ever be in a higher position. Um, But then there was this one particular student I had and we were working on how to spell her name. And there was this one day and her name was Mariama. And I remember cause she was that first one. And when she finally had figured out and had got it, the excitement on her face, like her face just lit up. And that feeling is just like, oh my God, I, I gotta feel this for the rest of my life. Like that is just such a beautiful feeling. Um, and so there's got to be a way I can be a teacher So There's got to be a way. And um, one of my coworkers told me about Columbus State and they had this amazing program. And I was like, wait a second, my dream is not over. I could still be like this elementary school teacher that I've always envisioned. She was like, you can totally do it. So at the time, I didn't have a car. I took the COTA bus. I went straight down to Columbus State the next day, took the day off. And it was true. They had a two plus two program. I can get my associates at Columbus State. And then Transferred to Ohio State, get my bachelor's, and I could be a teacher. And so that's what I did. Signed up, and I took night classes and uh, worked my way up. Um, Went to Ohio State, got my bachelor's, and now I have two master's. I went on and got two master's degrees. And so that determination to continue um, getting that moment was big for me. I held on to that.
0: That's amazing. So you had a moment and I think we, we talked to this a lot of women that when they have a child, right, for whatever reasons may be, um, whether you be ready or not, sometimes you're like your life is over. Like yeah. your dreams are over. I mean, you've been mm-hmm. dreaming of becoming an educator for so long. Mm-hmm. And then having a child you saw it as a, a whole your trajectory of your life was changing. Yeah. And and did you have any support at that time to help you navigate being a mom for the first time?
2: You know, not super young. You were 18, right? So young. I think it was 50-50. I think my family was as supportive as they could be, um, but it was all on me. And I appreciate that because I think it made me stronger as a mother and as the person I am today, having them having to put up most of the effort. Um, There were some scary nights and some sad days. and um, But when you have a child, I think something inside of you just makes you push harder. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want my son, I don't want to be a statistic. You know, I want him to see that, oh, my mom did this. Mm -hmm. So even though it was scary, even though it was exhausted, like it it still puts a fire in you to push you to kind of keep going. And it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes I don't know how to turn that fire off, but I think it's got me to where I am today. And it's interesting because I don't remember which
1: graduation it was. It might've been your associate's, or your bachelors, I can't remember, but I remember um, when Jessica came out on the stage, Malachi was watching her, and he was small, so it had to be. It was my
2: associate. It wasn't the associates
1: because mm-hmm. so we were waiting, like we're obviously sitting in the crowd waiting for her to come on the stage. And I remember when they said her name and she cro- like started to cross the stage. But I was like, that's my mom. Like, I don't think he knew what we were doing there. And he was just like, like, just walk, like, looking like little kids. do, just like And then it was like Jessica Vera at the time. And then he looks and he looks around, he sees her. He's like, that's my mom. And then it hit him. We were there to see his mom graduate. And it was so beautiful because yeah. like, you know, she, she did it. She got her degree as a single mom and, you know, her son got to see her graduate. And then she went on to graduate a few more times. And (laughs) then eventually like the rest of your kids Mm -hmm. got an opportunity to see you graduate. And it was just such a powerful thing, I think, for all of us, because she was the first in our family at that time to graduate from college because Mm -hmm. our baby sister, she hadn't graduated no, yet. No, she was still in high school. So she was, Jessica was the first in our family to actually mm-hmm. get a college degree.
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was a very special moment. I think that as soon as I got off the stage, my first go-to was like, yeah, my husband was there and the kids were there, whatever. But I was going for Malachi yeah. because he was the reason why I was there. It wasn't because I he gave me that motivation and that fire that I needed to complete that degree. And so... He, I just couldn't thank him enough. And so as soon as he see me, he like jumped in my arms, gave me a big hug. And I just, like I cried right there. I was like, this is so beautiful. I did all this for you. you <laughs> stinker. Now he's 16. I can't stand him. <laughs> but at the time, I'm like, I did this all for you.
1: <laughs> so you're listening, changed. Malachi. You better know <laughs> what I had to go through.
0: That's
2: so beautiful. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I just gives so much hope. I want, I want the, the people that are listening that are giving up. Maybe right now you are in that situation, you're giving up on your hope, right? Your dream because you think it's not meant for you. But Jessica's a beautiful testament yes.
2: that it you can, can do happen. It. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. I'm sure it uh, wasn't easy. It was hard and it took a long time. It did not, you know, it's, even though it said two plus two programs to two years, it did not take me two years. I think it took me four. But I think of it like this in four years, you're going to, at that time, I was what, 20? I was going to be 24 either way, right? So I could be 24 with a degree or without a degree. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to put in the effort now. And so when people say, um, oh, it's going to take forever, it's okay. Because you're going to be that age either way. Like, just you might as well. Mm-hmm. Just push for it and get what you want to get. What pushed you to get two more degrees? you know, I get the first one, Jessica. I'm like, you know, fine, Jessica, you got the first. But then what made you go back, right, and did two? Not she she one. got three. Three. Right. so, so sorry. Degrees. So I got my bachelor's because in order to be a teacher, you have to have a license, right? But Ohio State has this crazy, or they used to, I think it's changed now, where only they only allowed so many people to graduate with a teaching license. And so if you didn't get in that program, you applied twice. You didn't get in. You just didn't get a license. I didn't get in. So that means here I am with this bachelor's, but I still couldn't be a teacher. And I'm like, can you throw any more heavy rocks on me? Like, Lord, seriously. And so I had... I obviously wasn't gonna give up. I wanted to be a teacher. So if I got a master's degree, it automatically came with that teaching license. I was like, all right, master's degree it is. And so that's what I did. Um, and then I had a change of course. I started to teach elementary and I had a little, like a little experience with special education. And I never thought that I would be a special ed teacher in any sh- way. I always thought third grade, fourth grade, that's me. You know, the, my rows of students. Um, but then I got to experience special education, and, oh, man, I fell in love with it. I didn't realize that was what I was supposed to do, and and um, so then I was like, sheesh, So I never really got enough on special education, so I might as well get another master's. And so I got my second master's in special education so that I, the students that I'm working with now was getting everything that I could possibly give them with the proper knowledge and the right tools. So I went back and got my second master's so that I can be and there where with was
0: them. the other one?
2: <laughs> My first master's is in early childhood education. Okay, early and middle childhood education. Wonderful. Yes. So you
0: got that 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 like what was it about special ed that you know some people are, are not they don't feel confident enough to teach a child or help a child in that conditions like right they may not feel like they can help
2: but you just tasted it and you're like this is it like what was it I think um, what I loved about special education was not only working with the students but working with the families. Um, they're coming at us. I work with, um, I'm an early adventure specialist, so a lot of the students are up two, three, and so they get in these early diagnosis or delays, and the families are coming at us with, like, Help, yeah. You know, like I'm so confused. I'm so lost, Mm -hmm. and I'm such like a come here, come to mama. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm like that 60 year old woman in a 30 year old body right now. Like, come on, like let me help you. Yeah. Um. And so I love that connection I get to have with the families because I like being letting them know that they are not alone. Like we're gonna figure this out together. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I love that. I love all the creativity that you can do with these students and not having to worry about the standardized testing and all that other. Um, things. And it's pretty magical when you can work with a child who I can sometimes work with one student all year on just saying one word. And when they finally get it, it's, it's beautiful thing. So I, I love that. I love the consistency of it. And it's
1: yeah. a special thing. I feel like special education educators are such special people like, like Adrian. So my son, um, he went to preschool, actually at the preschool, Jessica yeah. did one of her intern. Was it like a, um. I was in- getting my master's. I was, I was interning there. Interning at a preschool. She was like, she calls me because, you know, Adrian was around the age where he was going to start preschool. So she was like, this is the best school for him. Like you need to put him <laughs> in this school. And I'm like, okay. And so I was just hopeful we could get him in remember that whole process and finally, finally he got accepted he got in and you know at the time I was completely oblivious to the fact that Adrian was special um, like that he was any kind of delay or anything like as Jessica said is like as parents you were just like you know you're just going through the motions sometimes and especially if you have more than one kid you recognize certain things and some of the kids and you're like well maybe this this kid's just different like but it's not anything that is like Uh, necessarily alarming. And he got into this, you know, this preschool program and he started working with all these different specialists there. And I remember they called a parent meeting towards the end of the school year because he was supposed to be completing the preschool program to go to kindergarten. And they were like, you know, we don't think Adrian's ready for kindergarten. Like, he needs another year of preschool. And I was like, impossible. And they were like, well, your son is, you know, exhibiting some high-functioning autistic behaviors. And then they started giving me all these terms and all this stuff. And I started to cry like in the meeting, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Like I, I, nothing had prepared me for that conversation. And especially because I have two other kids who like, you know, I never experienced the amount of like speech therapy, occupational therapists, like all of these subsidiaries within education. I never even knew existed until my son was diagnosed and so, you know, learning about all these different people and how, how amazing you and other educators who work with special needs kids are because it, it's a different way of learning. And so I think that, to your point, it's just like, wow, like it, it's, it's something so special. Like when Adrian figured, like it took Adrian up until, Adrian's now in the first grade, second grade, what grade is my second son? he's in second grade <laughs> yes, Jessica's here. Jessica's <laughs> second grade. yes. <laughs> but he could not get he could not spell his name for anything so just something like what you're saying like just being able for him to finally write his name it was just and it took like four people to teach him and that's okay and and but that's just the beauty and the specialty of like the, you as an educator and other educators who work with special needs kids it's because parents, especially parents who have never really experienced that, I didn't know what to expect. And thankfully, she was so educated. I was calling her and I'm like, they're saying this. And she's like, go back and ask them for this. I know your rights, girl. Yeah, like, <laughs> Let me know what they, what they say. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, no, we don't want that. We want this. And so if she hadn't had that you know, like you think about parents who can't advocate or they don't know that they mm-hmm. can advocate yeah. for their kids. And honestly, until Jessica got into this realm of special education, I knew nothing about special education. And now you've gone on to advocate and now you're an author. You know, mm-hmm. you educate families on special special needs and, and ways to teach and engage um, young people so that they learn you know, how kids are all different and yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So you started something called Jeremiah's Corner. Yes. And can you share with us a little bit about like,
2: what is Jeremiah's yes. Corner <laughs> and Jeremiah and, and just everything you've, you are building right now? Yes, I would love to. So Jeremiah is my son. He is my, he's a twin. Um, They are my youngest. They just turned five and Um, Jeremiah, before he was two, I think around 20 months, um, he was diagnosed with autism as well, and he was considered a level three. Um, And so at the time, he was nonverbal. And right now, I mean, he's saying a few words, but you can't have a conversation with him. And um, a diagnosis comes with a lot. And I think I remember, even though I'm a teacher... Even though I have these two master's degrees, it means nothing when it comes to your own child. Like, literally, all that goes out the window. And I'm like every other parent, and I cried in that in that room um, when they told me that he was autistic. Um, I didn't cry because I was sad about the diagnosis. I cried because I worried about the struggles he was going to have and about how the people were going to treat him. Like, how is his classmates going to treat him? You know, is he... Is he going to get married? Is he going to have kids? Are, are people going to be mean to him? Um, and so all those negative things kind of, you know, came to my brain right away. And I think I I thought about it for weeks and months, actually. I didn't tell anybody other than my closest family because it was really hard to to handle. Um, but God didn't put me in this position in the field that I'm in by accident. I think he, he knew what was going to happen. I think he put me in the right place at the right time. Um, and so I, I was able to put my big girl pants on and kind of just run with it. And um, that's where I kind of created Jeremiah's Corner because I, as a parent, I found out, I realized there weren't many things and resources for our kiddos. There's not very many books on autism awareness. There's not very many books that include autistic characters. Um, There's not very much equipment or toys. And so this has to change. And so Jeremiah kind of, Put this entrepreneur bug that I didn't know existed in me. Kind of, he kind of put it in there, and I just been running with it since then. Um, so I, I released my first book in uh, May of this year, and um, I'm working on book number five. So I've just been knocking them out, and um, it's pretty exciting to see. It's pretty exciting to see them kind of get out there and, and having kids read them.
0: Yeah, I love your books. I have them all. I'm <laughs> my excited. My, tell me the next one, and I love them because I read them with my nieces and nephews. You know, I think they're great. I I have a nephew that's high functioning, you know, autism. He's 16 now. And we didn't know. I mean, back in the day, you really didn't know even less than what you know now. And it took him four years to say a few words. Right. So Mm -hmm. the doctors used to say it was a bilingual thing. Yeah. Like, oh, it's because he's bilingual. I'm like, I don't think that's it, though. I don't really think that's it, you know. So that was a really hard um, thing for my family, too, because we didn't know. I I didn't know anything. That was the first time I think Mm -hmm. many of them heard those words. But. And the same concern was, right? Like how his future be. Now he's 16, he's high functioning, he's doing great. And, you know, he, but he's a special kid. He's a very wonderful, loving, special kid. And I think children, like I can only speak for my nephew, they have that extra loving gene. I think there's just like an extra gene that's given to them that is just extremely yeah. loving. I never met a kid that's more loving like that child, right? So- for a lot of parents are experiencing this right now. This is the first, I mean, there's parents probably and this, listening to this today that they just heard this news, right? Mm-hmm. Like you both were in separate times. You heard it. You have education and it still affected you that yeah. way. Christina has you, but still was a very difficult, I remember the news. What would you tell a parent right now that is like, I just heard this and, you know, they're losing it. Like, yeah.
2: what What would you say to them? What can they do? It's okay. Like it's, it's not the end of the world it's just a diagnosis, and it's nothing that you can't handle. You learn. I, I tell parents to meet the child where they are. I think as parents, we have we have all these expectations for our kids, and we we want them to reach all these milestones, and we look at these charts, and like we over obsess with it. That stuff doesn't matter. Like meet your child where they are individually, and work on those goals little by little. Don't overwhelm yourself with where they should be five years from now, or six months from now, where they should be tomorrow just worry about where you are right now and take it one day at a time and you'll get there. But it, it is, it's a lot to, to take in. It's, it's a lot. like, what does it mean? Just start doing your research and start from the beginning and, and, you know, just find the people that you can count on. Because I think what makes a big difference is having a support system, someone that can hear you out, someone who understands you, um, and someone who can help you because it, it, it requires help. Like you, it really is hard to do it on your own. Um, but um, I I've, I struggle with support. Um, I mean, outside of my family, that's pretty much it. You know, you can't can't put your kid in a typical daycare. You can't, you know, hire any just anybody. And so, getting out in the world is kind of kind of challenging. So, if you could find a really good strong support system, I think that's where you should start at.
0: As a couple, for those people that have a partner, because some people are experiencing this yeah. single handed, right? Mm, yeah. They, so this is a advice, but what about those that are as a couple, maybe where you have more understanding maybe than your husband did about this. How did you how did you help him understand what was happening?
2: I, I taught him every little thing, every little way, um with his siblings as well. Um when they would talk I'd be like, get on his level, like get down. And even his twin sister, she works so well with her brother, better than most adults. Like she just knows. And that's because she's observing her parents. Um, And I, so I I teach at any opportunity. I feel like it's a teaching moment. I incorporate it. And not every moment's going to be a teaching moment. Sometimes my husband's like, look, I just want to give him the chips and walk away. (laughs) But I try to find that time. Well, wait a minute, wait him out, see if he's going to say a word first and then give him those chips. And so he's always very um, open to suggestions. And then he sometimes he'll look at me like, what do you want me to do first? (laughs) Like, and I'll like, try this. And so we're a really great team. But it really requires teamwork. Like you both kind of almost have to be on the same page. Otherwise, you're going to stress yourself out. You know, if you feel like you're doing it by yourself, like you have to almost be on the same page. And that's what Jeremiah's
0: Corner is for, right? Like yeah. you are pr- providing parents tools yeah. to kind of help them navigate this this complicated, you know, um, time in their lives, right? But it, that is possible. They can do it. You you figured it out. You yeah. did it. Yeah, I love that you created that. Thank you for Thanks. creating that. And the books are amazing. Thank you. The books have beautiful yeah. messages. <laughs> so nice. They, I love that, you know, and sometimes that's what I think about hard times create beautiful moments mm. because yeah. that was such a, I can only imagine difficult time, but a
2: blessing that has
0: come out of that is that now you get to impact so many lives.
2: Yeah. I have to give that to my mom because she'll, when I, we're in a stressful situation, she'll like give me two choices as well. You could be mad about it or you can use that to like do something good with it. And so I was like, well, I guess you're right. So like all the frustration, all this. Things that I'm feeling, I'm going to use it in in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how can I do this? And I think the the idea of Jeremiah's Corner is like, this world is so big. And Jeremiah doesn't need much. Like, to Jeremiah, like, this little corner right here is enough. Like, give me my cars and give me my space and I'm good. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my idea. It's like, we don't need much. You know, we just need a little something for ourselves, a little space. And so, though it's not a big thing and though it's just a few books, it's a big thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, So so it's just... I think of that all to my mom, though. <laughs> it's
0: a big thing because I remember when we started the conversation about you writing a book uh-huh. and it went from like, what am I doing to like, I have five books. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you, just, you know, briefly
2: even tell us, how do you how did you figure out how to get this book? This, you know, this was uh, your thing. Hard. <laughs> so I I told my husband, he's always told me, like, you should write books. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know where to start or how to write a book. Um, and then I literally remember waking up in the middle of the night and I had this vision and I was like, I just started writing these things down, these ideas, you know, and I'm like, I think I'm going to write a book. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, I don't know how to write a book. And so I ordered a book on how to write a book and I'm like reading it. And then you just kind of learn as you go, like, okay, I got this story. Great. That's the easy part. Now, how do I make it into a book? And so just doing your research. Um, and I just did it step by step. And the first book was really hard. It took me like eight months. And now I can knock out a book in like a month and a half. And I'm not like trying to show off like, oh, look at me. I can Yeah, look book. at you, girl. No, look at you. but it's just like because now I know the process and I know how I work. And I got a good, a team behind me. My illustrator is amazing. I have a great editor, and so we're a great team of ladies, and we just knock it out. And it's great because I've never even met my editor or my illustrator. They live in different parts of the world. One's from Jamaica. The other one's in Canada, and I'm here in America, and we work great together. We get together via Zoom, and we knock out these books in in a short amount of time, and so it's pretty cool.
0: And they're all available on Amazon.
2: (laughs) Yes, they all are available on Amazon right now. Yes. And what are are the names of your books if our listeners (laughs) want to... So um, This Is Me. Um, Yes, we can. And well, let me tell you a little bit about each book. So, this is me um, is is following Jeremiah in harmony to school. Um, I've incorporated some sign language um, into within the book, and it just kind of just shows Jeremiah is telling his classmates not to be scared of him because he doesn't communicate and he uses a device, or because he may flap his hands or scream, whereas other kids might say hi. That's okay. That's just the way he communicates. Um, so that. This is me is who he is. Um, and then Yes, We Can um, Was is a book about, I, I wanted to bring light to diversity and um, how no matter where you come from or who you are, you could be whatever you want to be. And I wanted to keep it very simple. Yes, we can. Um, and so I wanted to incorporate not just diversity, but inclusion and disabilities and all that good stuff in within one book. Um Jeremiah's Corner, of course, is about Jeremiah and his twin sister Harmony again. And and this time it's from Harmony's perspective as uh, having a brother on the spectrum. Um, she gave me this idea because sometimes she would want to play with him and he would be off in his own space stemming or he will sometimes zone out. And she would get sad like, oh, he won't play with me. And so I I told her, oh, it's OK. He's just imagining some you know he's in some place and that was okay for her that was good enough for her so I was like oh, I can make a book about this Um, and so while Jeremiah is off in his space she's envisioning all these cool experiences that Jeremiah is maybe going to maybe he's an astronaut right now or maybe he's a pirate and that makes her be okay with the fact that her brother can't play with her at that moment Mm -hmm. Um, and then my most recent book um, is going to come out in March, but it is available now if you want to buy it early, um, is You Are What the World Needs. And that was inspired to me by you wonderful ladies, Femergy. Um, and it's about women empowerment um, and those affirmations that females need to hear so that they know that they are beautiful and creative and love. And I think it's not heard enough. And so I wanted to put that in a book. Um, it is very repetitive, but I think sometimes it needs to be. I think saying it one time is not enough. Yeah. So I wanted them to hear that all over and over and over again until it was like stuck in their brain.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And it works. I actually have it on my... <laughs> so if you come to my house, you'll see all the books are displayed on my piano because I think they're just so beautiful. But I had a, a little girl. She's like my niece, right? Not by blood, but like my niece. And she was she's literally sitting down... Um, on my island said to me, in front of her mother, I just don't have self-confidence. Like, I just don't believe in my myself. I'm not pretty enough. And it broke me because we work so hard to install in our girls and every woman, every girl that we work with, that they are enough, that they're yeah. beautiful as they are. One, I was proud of her for telling me, but yeah. I was broken that I heard it, right? So yeah. I, I would be honest, I was hard. But then, like, something inside was like, Jessica's book. And I was like, <laughs> go to the piano, please and get me the butterfly book. Cause I call it the butterfly book cause it has butterflies outside. And she came and I can tell you, and I, and I texted you this story because I thought it was so, it was so heartwarming. In the beginning, she couldn't read the words, I'm beautiful. She couldn't mm. read the words, you know, I am what the world needs. Cause she will look at it. She said, I just can't read it. And she's like a super great reader. So this is not a, that I can read because I don't know how to. And I said, why? She's like, it's just, it's just hard. And I said, okay, well, let's try just yeah. for me read it and after the third page she was giggling she was saying it and then she read the whole book and she's like it keeps saying the similar thing I said right and are you starting to understand this? she's like yes so she kept reading she read the whole thing and at the end she was smiling and she said do you know this book was dedicated to Femmergy <laughs> I was like how did you know she's like it's right here I'm like read it to me so she read it and it to me it was everything because I have gotten the books because I love them and I wanted to support you I didn't know that I was going to use it so fast in my house and to see it like that work, Mm -hmm. you know. And I said, don't worry for Christmas. I'm going to get you. That's my copy. (laughs) but I'm going to get you a copy. (laughs) So I just want to thank you because, you know, it it was it. I mean, it happened in front of me. And I and I want every girl to to read that and every woman, too. And, and, you know, every child should and just know that they are worthy, that they are what the world needs, because a lot of times they don't feel like that right now.
2: It's hard to. I mean social media makes it so hard all these filters and it's hard to believe that and i think it's it's important to like the the
1: books really can start a conversation with your family like even if you don't have a kiddo or a family member who you know might have a disability or might be on the spectrum like i think it's our job as just human people to have conversations about treating others with kindness yeah And so just having the conversation as to, like, even though this is not something we have directly experienced, Mm -hmm. if you see this or if you see someone being bullied because of this, like, you need to say something or you need to do something. And I think it's, like, teaching compassion can start so early on. And and at some point, because we know as babies, like... A baby can get hurt and within a few minutes, they're back to doing what they just finished doing. Yeah. Or, you know, even if, you're, you know, a kid gets in trouble and you yell at them, within five minutes, they're back to hugging you. They want to like, hug hey. you. Like, because they're so quick to forgive and to move on and to love. And then at some point, like, it just seems that certain something shifts where mm-hmm. we kind of, like, go a different route or we we don't lead with love. We don't lead with compassion mm-hmm. or even trying to understand and I think right now we're seeing so much of, it, especially with what's happening with like coronavirus and kids who have had to be home for an extended period of time. Suddenly everybody's just like back together. There's all this anxiety. There's all yeah. this tension, and we're 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 not leading with love. And especially for kiddos, you know, who need extra support or are not. Um, they're not able to quickly just shift gears like no. that. If we can take the time to educate ourselves, not only as adults, because I have been in places. So my son rocks, that's mm-hmm. like his soothing mechanism. And when he was a baby, I asked the doctor about that. I was like, Hey, he does this rocking thing. And he was like, Oh, that's normal. Some kids suck their thumbs. Some kids twirl their hair. He'll grow out of that. At no point did my doctor ever say, like, we probably should test him for something else. It was always yeah. like, oh, that's normal. That's normal. And so as he continued to get bigger and he was still rocking, his rocks became more forceful. Yeah. And I remember being in a restaurant with my other sister having breakfast and he's rocking. And the guy behind me, like, got up and was like, excuse me, can you tell your son to stop rocking? And I told him, I was like, unfortunately, like I can't, like he's, he like, you know, this is what he does. So the guy like made like a big deal about it. He was just like, well, it's interrupting our meal. And I said, well, seeing how we were here first, you can move to a different table. Like it became this whole scene. Oh my God, unnecessary. Unnecessary. And the ignorance that this man, instead of just being like, oh, I understand, like he really can't help himself. Let me not, you know, put my selfishness at the forefront. Mm. He made it a point to be publicly disrespectful to me and my son. And my son's small, so he didn't really understand at the time what this man was saying. And eventually, like a, a hostess had to move them. Like he was that bothered that my son was rocking, but there was no way for me to have stopped Adrian yeah, from rocking. You can't, and you can't. And I think that's what people don't understand is just the and there's so many different variables or um, levels to autism. You yes. know, like I we've said high functioning. You've said uh, level level three. three. So mm-hmm. there's just so much education even into understanding. Like all the different um, behaviors and things that come along
2: with Mm -hmm. the autism um, diagnosis. Yeah. And it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So like if you get comfortable with like, I think I know a little bit in like five years is going to be something else. Yeah. Which is why I want to go back to school and get my PhD. And I want to really focus a little bit more on autism because I'm curious as to, I have a couple questions. Like how did I have twins and one came out, you know, typical and then the other one has autism and none of my other kids had. So there's like a lot of questions I have. And so I want to, I want to get some more information and get some research based behind it. Mm-hmm. So you got to do research. I is want to research. Okay, yes. great. So we're going to do I want our, to research. I <laughs> I want to for talk Jessica, to the right people
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome Thank yeah. you no, I love what, what you I mean what you both have said And Christina The part of Even though this is not affecting you Personally You still should know about it mm-hmm. Right I think that's mm-hmm. That's how we're going to start Educating people Right. Because like, you just have to wait to happen to you. Like right. you should really because right now our kids are interacting with every kid. We just had a conversation a few minutes ago with someone, you know, we're talking about bullying and things like that. And it's because kids don't understand and mm-hmm. their parents haven't t- taken the time to understand that there's just differences. We're all unique. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with you if you're different. And, and I would love to see more of that. So maybe you can have some workshops. available coming up soon. That's a good
2: idea. And I feel like uh, uh, there's so much lack of exposure early on. Like if you go into a typical preschool classroom, And I'm not trying to call out any schools, but a lot of the characters in the books are all the same complexion or um, the baby dolls are all kind of the same complexion. And and there's not enough diversity put into into these rooms. And so that is the time where you're supposed to really be teaching about these things Mm -hmm. and they're missing out on all these years of experience. And -hmm. then they get into the elementary schools and it's like, forget it. Like you're back books, 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 books. And so this is why I wanted books now at a preschool level, at a toddler level, um, because this is when we really start installing this stuff. It's not when they're in fourth grade and Jimmy came in and he had, he's in a wheelchair and now we got to... No, you start early as possible. Mm-hmm. One, two years old, like start incorporating that early as possible. And it's
0: mm-hmm. storytelling, right? Because yeah. children love stories. They so do. I, your books
2: are stories. Yes.
0: Right? They're educational stories, which I think they're amazing. Books are
2: magical. You pull out a book and a three-year-old or four-year-old would just sit there so relaxed eyes super gaze to the book and then you have their attention you could teach them anything mm-hmm. and so use that book in that opportunity which is why I started books like that is a perfect opportunity that we can learn about um, anything yeah. anyone yeah
1: thank I you. love that yeah well thank you so much <laughs> You're for so being here and just sharing your journey I think I mean I, I mean you are definitely a storyteller like just even explaining like just that whole description you just gave, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm 36, and I'm already like, what are you gonna read me?" But it's it is, it's it's like you never you there, at no age or point do you stop learning, or should no. you stop learning? Mm. And I love that you've given an outlet for you know this this world of understanding, this world of embracing our differences, and and looking at them as unique characteristics. Where you know in society sometimes it comes across as you know. If you don't look like this or if you don't have this, then then there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And I think you're very intentional about your books and, you know, just what you do professionally. And it's super needed. And, and, you know, we look forward to seeing you continue to prosper in your your books and just all the things that you'll do with Jeremiah's Corner um, because it's super needed. And Mylene's always, I mean, it's, I felt bad. Mylene had all your books. I didn't even have the books yet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to order all the books very soon. Aww. But it's just it's just so important to have. And, and I, I think it's really, really a great thing
2: of what you're doing. So and I appreciate you, ladies, because you inspired me to write some of these books. And Mylene, I don't know if you know, but that book, Yes, We Can, The Teacher, you were inspired. That character is you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell Mylene any of this because I didn't know if it was
1: supposed to be a surprise. So like, <laughs> that's you. She called me. And she was like, did you know this book was dedicated? I was like, yes, I didn't know. She's like, I didn't know that. And I was like, Yeah, and I didn't tell her that the teacher was her either. I was like, I'll let Jessica tell her because I didn't want to be like the one. But yeah, you. you're the teacher in the book, in yes. the butterflies. And As a all
0: little that. girl, I always wanted to be a teacher too. Well, there like, you go. You're you a know, teacher now. I used to teach in my neighborhood to Like all of you sit down You're learning the I-A-O-U-I. And are like, what?
2: Literally. So
0: if I had not been this, I would have been a teacher. I, oh, I, well, I, I love them.
2: to add characters of people that I know that are inspiring. I mean, it's great to look up to the people on the TV and, and the media music industry but it's the people next door to you that are really inspiring like you lovely ladies some of the characters are former students of mine who are um have various disabilities that I like to incorporate with their parents permission of course and so I like to just incorporate as much as I can from the people that I meet all the time yeah yeah well thank you and as we're
1: closing um Mm -hmm. you know thank you again for being here and just sharing your journey and your passion. Um, and we always like to just ask, like, you know, it's just kind of a reflection, like with everything you've learned and just everything that you've acquired up until this point in your life, like what bit of advice would you have given like younger Jessica, like 12 year old Jessica or 13 year old Jessica, or just a pivotal time where you felt like, man, if I, if I knew what I knew, what you know now back then, like, what would that advice be? Um,
2: there's always a way. I think people are quick to say your life is over Mm -hmm. or you can't do that or do you know where you come from or that's not true. I think there's always a way and you just have to push through it. I mean, um, and find time for yourself each day. I mean, we get so wrapped up on the day by day that we lose sight of who we are and what we want to do in this world. And I think it's important that you create some time of your day to envision who you want to be and reflect on where you were. I think that just keeps you going, keeps you motivated.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, I'm sure your younger self is really proud of you. I just hope like, so. Like,
0: just like we are of you right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. This <laughs> yes, was thank awesome. Thank you for having me. This we'll, we'll have more conversations um, either on the podcast or outside the podcast about how to support, you know, families with, with everything. Okay. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for finding a way. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me here today. Yes. And you know, because for us, as you always say, this is not just about us. It's bigger, bigger than you. you. Thank you so much for listening today. We're excited and we hope that you follow us on
1: Instagram, True Print for Life. Uh, YouTube channel, also True Print for Life. And make sure that you share, 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 like, watch our videos. Make sure that you follow us on all streaming platforms.